The Rangers are on a massive losing streak, and it feels like everything is going wrong. So joining me today is Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks, a team who everything is not going wrong for. Talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Diamondbacks. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers and locked on to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On uh, Arizona Diamondbacks your first listen of the day. You can follow my guest, Millard Thomas, slash co-host of this crossover. Today is Wednesday, August 23rd. Millard, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. I just came back from the ballpark, Bryce Patrick, where I watched my Arizona Diamondbacks take a two-game sweep off one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. The D-backs have been struggling a lot in this second half, but ever since they DFA'd Carson Kelly, they've won four straight series, nine and three in their last 12, and all of a sudden, at the time of us recording, the D-backs actually once again own a wild card spot and are in the postseason mix. I'm actually feeling pretty good right now bryce yeah i wish i could say the same my team is riding a what an l6 now yeah l6 the longest wins losing streak of the season happens to be when when the mariners are winning eight straight and the mariners are a game behind the rangers top the ao west and the astros are a half game and if the astros win tomorrow then the rangers could be tied with the astros atop the ao west for the first time all season since there were zero games played uh, and I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like watching this baseball team. I don't like what's happening. I don't like losing. I, I don't like it, Millard. This is, this is bad. I mean, it, can you, can you tell me that your team is actually good so I can feel better about losing two straight in uh, increasingly frustrating fashion to the Arizona Diamondbacks who uh, I was a believer in a lot more a month ago and mm-hmm. I, I thought oh maybe the rangers will catch them at the right time because the d-backs have struggled in the second half but just in time to face the freaking rangers your stupid team has to figure out how to win why why did they do that that's so rude of them yeah and they did it in such a weird fashion too you had that game one where you start the bullpen game with joe Manzapai out the pen starting and then scott mcguff two guys who have really struggled in high leverage moment for the d-backs they said you know what Let's take all that pressure away. We're going to throw you out in the first and second inning and steal some early scoreless frames. And then, you know what, rookie Slay Chichini, you barely pitched this year. You're going to come in, give us five strong, one earned run. The, the Rangers pitching was great, too. Jordan Montgomery, fantastic trade acquisition. Eight scoreless frames. Mm-hmm. He looked fantastic. He was on my radar for the D-backs at the trade deadline. Hopefully, uh, I, I still want him on. I thought they would go for him. I really did. Yeah. I didn't think the Rangers would be able to get Montgomery after – after they got Scherzer, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, He's I, showing why more teams should have looked at getting him. And it's like all these guys were pretty cheap. So I, I love what the Rangers did. I mean, you lost the ground. You win, got two more starting pitchers for that rotation. Um, Absolutely loved it. But unfortunately, maybe he should have pitched one more frame because in that ninth inning, Ketel Marte, of course, tied it up. And then the Rangers did come back again later in extra innings. And the D-backs once again uh, took it from the Rangers. And then, of course, we saw game two. I, I'm surprised a little bit that the D-backs still were able to get two-game 
series sweep, um, despite it only being two games, just because this Rangers offense has been so dominant, so good the whole season. I know they're on this six-game losing streak, but listen, this D-backs pitching is not exactly reliable. Of course, we saw Zach Gallen in game two, but we know how bad this bullpen has been the second half of the season, arguably the worst bullpen in Major League Baseball. So to oh, well, see that... Of course, of course, a bullpen game is what shuts them. I'll, I'll, give you, yeah. I'll give you a secret. You know, the Rangers offense has been one of the best in baseball all season. You know what the secret to stopping them is? Throw a freaking bullpen game. Throw literally the most mm-hmm. random quad A. Heck, bring somebody up from freaking rookie ball and throw them in a bullpen game. And I swear they might give you a perfect game against this offense. It has been so incredibly maddening to watch and so predictable. Like this Rangers team went in on an L4, their longest losing streak of the season at that point, And then they have extended it to L6. And seeing them go with a bullpen game in game one of this, you thought, oh, crap. Well, that... Well, that sucks. That's that feels like an L, uh, even if Montgomery pitches well, which he did. And then John Gray, who's been just the most up and down and up and down and up and down roller coaster ride of a pitcher, comes out. And I, I was having uh, a, my monthly board game night with some friends, so I missed the first couple innings of this one. I turn <laughs> on the radio, I drive back, and they're like, and the bases are loaded for John Gray. And I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. Oh, this team. Yeah, and, just, and just watching him in the stadium, it felt like no D backs batter was going to take the bat off their shoulders because John Gray just had absolutely no command of the strike zone. And it was like, okay, just keep letting him pitch. Like felt like he was going to walk every D backs batter uh, in those middle innings there in the game today. And he was coming off two really solid starts back to back, really solid seven inning outings, one against the angels, one against um, San Francisco in San Francisco. And even his, his last game, the Rangers, it was the start of this, this losing streak, but he he pitched well. He went seven innings of just one run ball, and the only run that he allowed was a solo shot to Shohei Otani last week, which, again, you're never going to you know feel too bad about giving up a home run to Shohei Otani because yeah. literally everybody will do that. But he still didn't seem like quite on his game, and in this one, things just kind of spiraled away from him. But, I mean, this team is just – literally everything is going wrong for them. I I think I'm going to chalk up this losing streak, at least um, four of the six games to Dave Raymond, not being in the booth, the normal play-by-play guy, CJ Dikowski, the normal color commentary guy is doing play-by-play and he's just, he's not very good at it. And, um, I, I want Dave back. Yeah, he, there was a fly, the fly ball to left field by Adoles Garcia that you know would have been a game tying home run had it been hit about forty feet further. CJ was calling it like it was a game tying home run, and the left fielder barely moved. It's like my guy, my dude, c- come on. That is that is as routine a fly ball as you get. But you know, he maybe he just wanted to give Rangers fans some hope. And when when you're on an L five, which turned into an L six, hope is very hard to come by because yeah. there was a little hope though for you guys in that ninth inning because Paul Seawald was walking a tie rope a little bit because I have to bring it up because uh, Marcus Simeon hit that ball deep into that gap. And Alec Thomas, are you kidding insane. me? Insane. That's one of the best catches I've seen all year. Like what- how did he do that? And watching it in the stadium, I was like, I think he's going to get to this ball, but there's no chance he can actually, like, make a play on this ball. And to see him actually, like, bring it in, insane. But even after that, like, you guys still load the bases with, like, one out or something. It's like, you guys mm-hmm. had your opportunity there in the ninth inning, but somehow Paul Seawald, Walker, Tyrope, and got out of it. Do you know what the expected batting average is on that Marcus Simeon flyout? Probably, like, 800 or something. Somehow only 520, 100, <laughs> okay. 100.1 miles an hour off the bat, 389 feet um, a home run in three of 30 ballparks. Those ballparks are 
the two in LA, well, the one in Anaheim, the one in LA, and the one in Cleveland. Not a home run in Arizona, unfortunately, for the Texas Rangers. Coming up, we're going to talk about the rest of the series, where these two teams are headed, and which of these teams' players we would steal. But first, let's word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, which maybe one of these two teams will be a championship team, but the way the Rangers are going, it doesn't really feel like that. But it's it's the same way when it comes to your parts for your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Motors guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million different parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Now, shout out to the videos for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every single day on Thursday's show. I'll be talking about this weekend series in Minnesota and maybe trying to find some room for options with the Rangers. Take on the Twins this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers or whoever the Diamondbacks are playing. You can also find it there if you are a Diamondbacks fan. But my my second segment, the only note I have written down is, uh, Miller Thomas, what is it like to experience joy from your, your favorite baseball team? Because it has only been, what, seven days since my baseball team has won a baseball game? Maybe it's eight days. Um, but I, I've forgotten what it's like. What, what What is it like to experience joy from your favorite baseball team? You know, I mean, this joy that I'm feeling right now is short-lived, Bryce, because I was feeling a lot of misery, a lot of despair the last couple months because this D-backs team, listen, at the halfway point at the All-Star break, I was riding a high. We were tied with the Dodgers, first place in the NL West. Then at one point, we were like three and a half games back out of the postseason, and now we've climbed our way back. So as it currently stands, I'm feeling content. I'm feeling joyful, but I know where you're feeling. I know what you're feeling right now, Bryce. I've sat in that chair before, and guess what? As it currently stands, even though they're a half game back, your team is still in first place as it currently stands right now while my team is fighting tooth and nail, on uh, just walking on a tightrope right now to stay in postseason contention. So I don't want to hear your cries and your whines too much because you're still <laughs> – talking about a first place team here in the Texas Rangers, something to be grateful for. It is something to be grateful for. It's, it's hard balancing that, that duality of like, Oh for yeah. Sure. Yeah. This team sucks right now. Everything is miserable, but also they're in first place. And also this team has been really mostly terrible for basically the entire five seasons that I've been doing this podcast. And, you know, my hope for this team in going into the season was, Hey, be not terrible be fun be pushing for a playoff spot don't be out of the chase when the calendar flips to september and it's possible it is still possible that this team is in first place in the al west when the calendar flips over to september now well whether they're going to be in that spot at the end of the season i don't know but uh 
But what was it that that brought you back from the pits of despair? Was it was it just the winning oh. baseball games or? Is, is yeah, I'll just say the answer is easy. Yeah, it's winning, right? It's winning. It's easy to be put out of despair when your team is winning, right? They say the old cliche in all sports: winning heals all wounds, right? It doesn't matter how bad the chemistry in the locker room is. It doesn't matter if your teammates hate each other. It doesn't matter about any of that. If you're winning ball games at the end of the day, it's always going to be a fun environment for the most part. So. I was feeling bad about the D-backs for a long time like you. The emotional roller coaster is tough, especially when you're watching a 162-game season. You best believe when the D-backs are going over a 10-game stretch where they're 7-3 and and 8-2, and I'm talking trash and that locked-on chat. I'm I'm adding every host. But when they're, you know, sucking for those two months post-All-Star break, I'm hiding. No one come talk to me. I'm quiet on Twitter. So, right, you got to ride that emotional roller coaster. I'm trying to even it out like you, trying to find that balance. It's tough. I just think being a part of the fan and doing the podcast, I think sometimes you just have to pour yourself all into it because i think it's a lot more fun you could be stoic and be super analytical every day but sometimes i'm like let me just ride that emotional roller coaster and feel what the fans are feeling on a night-to-night basis yeah and i mean like you know what it's like it, the diamondbacks and rangers feel like they're in a very similar position that there's mm-hmm. two other teams that a, a lot of other people in their division thought were you know the bees knees the teams that oh i love this team oh why would we care about bees the diamondbacks? diamondbacks are frauds you know you've got the perennial contenders and the dodgers that like feels like everyone hates and the rangers have the astros who have been perennial contenders um uh, since they stopped cheating um and have still remained to be good which is a real bummer i wish wish i could just blame it all on the cheating but unfortunately yeah. they've also got a decent team and now the stinking seattle mariners who the rangers have dominated all season the rangers are five and one against the mariners with the last series of the rangers played was a sweep at home with games of two nothing I think 12 or 16 to four and then 12 to like three, like it's just absolute butt kicking. There was a column written in the Seattle times that uh, the AOS is out of reach for the Mariners. And I, I saw that and I thought, I think that that point they were like nine or 10 games back. And I thought, Oh, don't write that. Oh, don't write that. They're going to come back and you're going to, they're going to use that as fuel and yada, yada, yada. And then they make this trade. They sell off, Paul Seawald at the deadline and Mariners were like, Oh, woe is me. My team is going to suck now. And, you know, I was talking with locked on Mariners boys and I'm like, all right, so can y'all just pack it in? So seven of those last 10 games with the Rangers play against the Mariners, they, they can be uncompetitive. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this team will pack it in, but Nope. That looks like those, those games are going to be stressful. It's all heck and incredibly, incredibly frustrating. I think yeah. the last, last what three or four games the last series of the year the diamondbacks are playing the astros if i'm not mistaken. yeah i was gonna say yeah uh this is not gonna be the last time that you're gonna be focused on the d-backs for this season because <laughs> like you just said you're gonna have your team playing the manners that final week and that's gonna be my team playing the houston astros and you know the d-backs could decide the fate of the al of the aos depending on what happens in that series so you might be rooting against my d-backs you know what the d-backs could need that series to potentially make it into the playoffs so you could be both of us could be rooting for the D-backs in that series against the Houston Astros because I know I know oh. you hate the Astros. Oh, I will always be rooting for any team that's playing the Astros. Like it could be like a team full of the devil and like my worst okay. enemies on this earth, and I'd be like, "Go that team, go not the Astros." Like it is a fiery passion for hating the Houston Astros. Being a Houston Astros hater, it has been a rough road the last few years. This is the yeah. only year it's you've so been good. able to be like slightly excited. I mean, those those Houston Lastros years, I mean, the first years they were in the, in the AL West, the Rangers were just the cream of the crop and the Astros were losing 187 yeah, billion games. It was really nice. And then 
the tables turned and I didn't like it nearly as much. But the tables really have turned on the Rangers the last six games, but they still do have some impressive players coming up. We're going to look at which mm-hmm. players on the other team we would steal and what things we thought about the other team that we don't no longer think after this series. But first, let's word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every single day. The Rangers take on the Minnesota Twins this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, I want to talk to you about your your preconceived notions about the Rangers going into this series. I mean, these teams played four games, which I think is more than most of the normal interleague series, and it was split up between two different two-game series. Both these series just felt super weird and clunky. I mean, that the first series came in the middle of May when the Rangers were kind of struggling, and like right after that series is when the Rangers really kicked it into gear. They had a 10-game road trip where they won every single series against three different West Coast AL West teams, and then they started just kicking butt left and right and really kind of took the league by storm. But I'm curious as your thoughts about the Rangers heading into this series. What were your thoughts and how have they changed, if they have changed after this two-game series? seeing them in person yeah i don't think my thoughts have changed too much just because it's such a small sample size and it's like i'm not gonna say the rangers suck now just because i saw the (laughs) d-backs sweep them for two games because my notions heading into this series like this rangers team is scary they're one of the dark i don't even know if they're considered dark horse team because they are leading this al west division so i think they were dark horse they were one of my dark horse teams i want to say entering the regular season i thought this rangers team on paper had a chance to be a potential wild card team because i did like the moves that they made in the offseason maybe the degrom contract was egregious but I at least thought for this it season. wasn't it, okay it wasn't I mean like you could say that well if they didn't sign to Gr- the thing is if you didn't sign to Grom it's a risk you got to take and if you didn't sign to Grom then you wouldn't get Heaney you wouldn't get Eovaldi you definitely wouldn't have been able to trade for Scherzer so like Why? it really set up everything else because no th- no one was going to come pitch to be the best starter on this team if you're behind Jacob DeGrom and you have that kind of starting rotation as opposed to just you and a bunch of bums and then like maybe an offense like that's basically what what sold it. I mean, the reason the Rangers were able to get Corey Seager is because they had already signed Marcus Simeon because Corey Seager wasn't going to come here to just be the only star on a terrible team. He wasn't going to do the Chris Bryant thing in Colorado. No shade to Chris Bryant in Colorado. I would sign a multi-billion dollar contract to play for the Colorado Rockies as much as scrubs as they were because I like Colorado and it's a really nice stadium. But like, it's a risk worth taking. Like, sure. I probably disagree that other pitchers won't come just because DeGrom's not there. I think if you give any pitcher the right amount of money, they're going to go anywhere. That's just what my belief is. I'm major league baseball players, but um, overall the Rangers, I did have them as a dark horse team entering the year. I liked, uh, I thought at least for this year, DeGrom could be uh, worthy. Um, Had Nathan Avaldi, who I thought was a really sneaky signing and he's turned out to be freaking fantastic. And then I Mm -hmm. thought, on paper, like your lineup with Garcia, Seager, like I just expected all your guys who struggled last year to bounce back this year, just because I think that second year when we seen with like the Francisco Lindors of the world, sometimes you need that second season when you really pop. So I thought the Rangers were bad last year, but then you added to the pieces that you had last season. Some guys were going to have bounce back years. I thought you guys were a dark horse team entering the postseason or excuse me, entering the regular season. And then little 
do we know now that this Rangers team is even better than we thought and they're on pace to potentially win the AOS, if not at least have one of the best run differentials in Major League Baseball and be one of the high-scoring offenses in Major League Baseball. So this team has definitely been impressive, I think, have blown expectations off the doors for a lot of people who I would even throw out there like a Sully Baseball who I know wasn't super huge uh, on the Rangers. <laughs> An absolute hater, hater through and through. And part of the reason why I want to win the AOS is so that I can have Sully on just to rub it in his face. Love you, Sully. <laughs> but I think my preconceived notions about the Diamondbacks, this is a team that I really liked heading into the All-Star break. I mean, a really fun, scrappy team with a bunch of young guys. That, like, how can you not root for them? They're in the division with the Dodgers who were just – it's it's so boring. Like it is so boring with the Dodgers. Yeah. I know I know how you feel, and you know I, I have a special love for the Padres. My brother lived in San, San Diego for a long time. He's moving back there, so I have a little bit of love for the Padres. And and AJ Preller, as a former Texas Ranger front office member, wanted to root for him to succeed. Um, but like this Diamondbacks team is is fun, and I think that the starting pitching or the bullpen. I mean, the, the pitching is really what kind of um, really changed my mind about this series i mean i, I knew that zach Zal- zach allen was having like a pretty good year and i'd mm-hmm. watch like a, the the occasional start but like seeing what he did in this game is just like good lord this guy is so good why does he not get the recognition of like being one of the best pitchers in baseball because because he is like he just flat out is yeah, I think this year he's going to get it because he's, if you go on FanDuel, he's the favorite to win the NL Cy Young Award, and he's starting to heat up um, toward the end of the season. I don't even think he's as good as he was last year, but the just the whole field right now for the NL Cy Young Award race is not super strong. It's like Gallon, Steele, and like Blake Snell's probably the top three. I think Gallon's like <laughs> the only guy who's like top three in every statistical category. So it's going to be his award to win. Corbin Carroll's going to win Rookie of the Year, and the D-backs are going to have two award winners. Maybe even Toy Lovello sneaks in for a little manager of the year i think the rangers are going to be coming home with a whole bunch of awards as well but i really do want to know who you are going to pick off my d-backs uh squad here because i feel like there could be a potential obvious answer there um, there's a few yeah. obvious answers and the rangers i think they'll have a lot of like you know silver sluggers and they could have had a rookie of the year if not for josh young's unfortunate injury like I, I think he was mm-hmm. gonna be the the odds on favorite but gunner henderson who everyone wanted to win beginning of the year was terrible for the first half of the year and now is coming on and Josh Young is not going to play until there's two weeks left in the season. And that's a bummer. But as, as for players that, that I'd want to steal, there's quite a few, especially in the current state of my team, my current mental state of just get all these bums off my team, get the, get the guys who are winning baseball games on here. Um, the obvious answer, which I think is what I, what I might realistically go with is, is oh old old rookie of the year Corbin Carroll? I okay, mean, yeah. like Hello. I mean it's it's Hello, obvious, Corbin. but like I mean how can you not pick him? Like the guy is so incredibly fun to watch. I mean, we only saw him start in one game of this series, but I mean the guy has an 8.54 OPS. Is one of the fastest players in baseball. 37 steals, 21 bombs, 24 doubles, six triples. Like the guy is just a monster. And like the fact that he's not playing center field every day, I'm like. I haven't watched all that many Diamondbacks games. Like I've watched quite a few because I'll watch every team, especially when we do power rankings. I'm like, I got to know what these teams are about, but I'm like, how can you have a guy that's so incredibly fast and so good defensively in center field and Corbin Carroll. And then you see Alec Thomas make a play like he made tonight. You're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's why. I mean, other answers. If, if there wasn't Marcus Simeon, then I'd be like, Cattell Marte. Like the guy is, is a freaking stud Christian Walker. I've loved watching what he's done this year and last year. And then Zach Gallon, like every rotation could use 
a Cy Young leading candidate. Like <laughs> it's pretty obvious. But there's also another one in the minor leagues that uh, maybe the Rangers should have had in Jordan Lawler, who is a oh, Dallas yeah. native, Dallas Jesuit, was projected to be a top three pick in that 2021 draft for the Rangers pick second overall. And instead they picked Jack Leiter, who has not been as good as Jordan Lawler, <laughs> who I wanted Jordan Lawler from the start. And now the teenager Jordan Lawler is already in AAA and yeah. on the friggin' door of the friggin' big leagues. And I'm here. <laughs> excited kicking rocks and i'm happy for the kid like i i hope he does great things but i wish he was doing great things as a texas freaking rangers prospect as opposed to an arizona diamondbacks prospect but you know maybe jack Leiter will figure it out and he'll be the first homegrown pitcher the rangers have in like 87 decades um and um i'll look stupid but i don't think i'm going to because i think jordan lawler is going to be a freaking beast but if i could steal one person from this big league team like it, it just feels like corbin carroll put him in left field and or in center field or wherever the heck you put him because the guy is freaking electric and I love watching him play baseball. And um, man, I hope he can heat back up in, in the second half. I know it's been a, a little rough um, in the last like month or so, but like when he's going, who boy, that man is so much fun to watch. Yeah. If it's not Corbin Carroll, it's probably Zach Allen, right? It's going to be one of those two guys. And I think <laughs> taking the dude who's like 22 years old and is going to run away rookie of the year, maybe yeah. finish top five in MVP voting. Like he's a pretty good bet Um, to, and he's already locked up to like an eight year, nine year deal. So you're already going mm-hmm. to get that cost yep. control, one of the best friendly deals in major league baseball. So that's a perfect pick. If we're going to steal him off the D backs for me, when I'm looking at this question of who I want to steal from the Texas Rangers, I think I have to ask myself, do I want to go with the long-term play? Or do I want to go with the short-term play and kind of push my chips in more for this season? Because if I'm going short-term play, I'm thinking more of that rotation. And maybe I want to bring back a former top D-backs prospect who we traded away far too early in his major league career. Maybe we bring back a Max Scherzer to the desert. You know, a nice little reunion story. I would love a Nathan Navaldi. I used to grow up as a Red Sox fan, so I used to watch Nathan Navaldi carry that Red Sox team back in 2018. It was huge in that postseason run for the Red Sox. So I think if I'm looking short-term, maybe one those two guys for my rotation, but I'm probably more of a long-term guy because I want to have Corbin Carroll with a partner in crime for the next few years, and I could go Corey Seager, but the question for me is, can he play third base? Because I do want Jordan Lawler coming up playing shortstop unless Jordan Lawler could play third base. Or I think the other fun option would be a Josh Jung just because he's 25 years old. He's a rookie and he's a third baseman. So I kind of gave you. It's a soft J, by the way. Josh, so what? Joe? Young. Josh Josh Young. Oh, Josh Young. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, it's It trips people up all the time. And I've been watching Josh Young since he was at Texas Tech. So jo- Josh is my boy. Like there, there's a lot of good answers on this Ranger team. I and mean, when you have six all-stars on a freaking team I'm good lord like yes I don't even think I gave you an option so I'm I think I'm going to lock in Corey Seager he's expensive he's 25 million a year but he's only 29 years old he's going to be a stud probably the next eight years he looks like maybe the best non-Otani player in the American League and I'll make Jordan Lawler play third base and I'll figure it out yeah, you you will figure it out for sure. I mean, Corey Seager, he didn't even have a good series. Like he had a bad series for him, which is like insane to say because the dude's hitting like, you know, 350 with an on base of over 400 and slugging over 650. Like he's doing against like every pitch, every type of pitcher, like fastballs, like breaking stuff, like off speed stuff, lefties, righties. Like it doesn't matter what you're throwing him for the most part. He is crushing it. And like, that is a huge hat tip to D backs pitching for making him have like 
less than good at bats. Like seeing him with a runner on third base with less than two outs and he didn't get the job done. It was like that that just like doesn't happen to Corey Seager like at all this year. Like it's just nuts. And and blowing away Adolis Garcia with fastballs like a couple of times and before he got to the D backs in that bullpen game, it was like okay, yeah. D backs pitchers, like good lord. And and even getting you know Marcus Simeon to strike out multiple times. Like Simeon doesn't strike out like at all this year, and y'all got him to strike out like several times. And I was <laughs> yeah. just like Simeon, okay. the, the the cure for him was Alec Thomas in, in that game too, at least because he even had like a long ball off the wall that Thomas just cut off and turned into a long single. But that could have been a double if it's like anybody, any other outfielder playing that ball. So Simeon just kind of got screwed over by Thomas because Simeon probably should have had like three extra bases in game two of this series. Yeah, unfortunately, you're not a lot. A lot of people in in months past have said Jonah Heim because you know switch hitting all star catcher, but I mean he has just been in such a rough way since he's come back from that wrist injury. I mean, I mean, 0 for 4 with, I believe, three strikeouts in this final game, and it just did not look like very competitive at bats. And I mean, it, I mean, he's putting off wrist surgery to keep playing, and he is playing over Austin Hedges, which it, I feel bad even saying this, but like it honestly feels like Austin Hedges might be a better offensive weapon at this point than Jonah Heim. Mm. I'm hoping that he makes me look really stupid and eat my words. Like, please do. I hope all these guys make me look real stupid for doubting um, in the next couple of days because winning cures all. But right now, there is no winning. There is only L's. L6 for my stinking baseball team. I have to sit on it for a whole nother day and I'll wait to see if it's going to be an L7 on Thursday against the Twins. But Miller Thomas, it has been the only baseball joy I have felt this week is talking baseball with you. Where wow. can I find folks listening to Locked On Rangers find you and all your good work? Yeah, at Creator Thomas 24 for the personal account on Twitter. Look up Locked On Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, Locked On Dimebacks on all podcasting platforms. And of course, please hit subscribe to Locked On Dimebacks on YouTube. Yeah, y'all subscribe to Locked On Dimebacks on YouTube. Millard puts out a great show there. And if you want to follow a young, fun, and scrappy team and occasionally forget about your Texas Rangers being on an L6, you can go and enjoy the Diamondbacks, who are kindred spirits, it feels like, for the Rangers this year. And who knows? Maybe we can do another crossover when these teams are meeting up in the playoffs. Or if Ooh. somehow... World Series. If somehow at the end of the season, you manage to knock out the Houston Astros from winning yep. the AL West or you know dream scenario you keep them out of the playoffs entirely maybe i'll do a crossover episode just saying nice things about the Thank you. um because i am really looking forward to that series and hopefully the d-backs doing just as much damage to the astros as they did to the rangers this week but that's going to do it for today's show thank you all so much for listening and subscribing and until next time don't forget to enjoy first place texas rangers baseball <laughs>